Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wild, wild weekend of action at New Balance Nationals Indoor and Nike Indoor Nationals. I hope you're all recovered. I know we're still trying to get recovered, but we will be there soon before we head off again into another national championships. On today's show, we're going to get to some of the top action from nationals, and then we'll push forward to a really big outdoor meet, the Texas Distance Festival, which is happening this weekend at South Lake Carroll. And then we're going to discuss... Really, what's on tap this weekend, indoors, final meet of the calendar, as far as nationals are concerned, Adidas Track Nationals. I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet and Ashley Titians. Gotta gotta toss it to you got to you gals first. How are you feeling? Olivia, you and I were both Boston. How have you recovered? <laughs> I think I feel the same way as you, Corey. I'm just, you know, it, it's been an exciting meet for sure. I'm still a little bit tired, but nonetheless, such a great meet and Using that same energy from the weekend just to carry me through. And Ashley, you were holding it down here in Austin doing a lot of different content uh, features on the site. Uh, talk to us about how are you How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, man. I, like, stared at my computer screen in the live stream all weekend. But, hey, it was fun. Lots of lots of incredible stuff. Probably my – I was sitting out on my porch, like, you know, watching the stream and doing the recap. And I probably my neighbors got annoyed with me hearing me, like, oh, my gosh, like, on my porch as <laughs> stuff was going down. But – it was fun. So, and we got one more meet this weekend. So. Yeah, I, I will. I will say. I think Olivia can also agree with me here. When, when there were those like jaw, like seriously, literal jaw dropping moments. Like we say that often. In, um, I, I don't think sometimes it's as big as we make them out to be. But they were literally <laughs> jaw dropping. We like stepped five paces backwards. Said, "Did we just see that happen?" Type moments. Do you agree, Olivia? It was just insane. Absolutely. I know like jaw dropping is just a unique term, but like literally our jaws were to the floor for some of those performances, especially at New Balance National Indoors. And it was just, ah, I still have goosebumps thinking about some of them for sure. Yeah. Well, we got a big show coming up. Let's get to today's guest, Olivia. You can introduce them. Yeah. So for today's interview, let's welcome Akela Garrett to our show. The multi-North Carolina state champion won the Nike Indoor National titles in the 60-meter hurdles and the 400 meters as well. And on top of that, guys, she even debuted her outdoor season just a couple weeks ago and clocked a 12.96 in the 100-meter hurdles, which is the ninth fastest all-time in high school history under all conditions. And we're super excited to have Akela joining us. So, Akela, thank you for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk to y'all. I'm so excited. So just like the Mile Split crew, we had a busy weekend. You were out there putting in the work. So how are you feeling and how are you doing today? I'm feeling great to come home with two individual titles and a team title. It was so fun. It was my last national. So I was like trying to go out with a bang and do what I was supposed to do. I was like, like a lot of people shoot for, you know, PR in your last meet. Like this was it. I'm probably not going to be back at the armory till I'm pro. So I was like, oh my God, this is, this, this has to be the final, like the final bow out. Like this is how I got to go out. So I was like, okay, in the 400, I'm going to try to go PR in that. And then in the hurdles, I was like, you know, that that's all me. I was ready for that. The 400 was something I had to conquer and it was so fun. Let's talk about your performances from Nike over the weekend. As you mentioned, you won two titles there in the hurdles and also the 400 meters as well. 
personal best, 5408-825. How did you end up on top in New York? I know you were just saying how like you had to go out with a bang, but like you also have been putting in the work over the last couple of weeks. So how did you just get through those performances to come out on top? Honestly, let's start off with the 400 because that was what I ran first. Normally, I don't go out hard the first lap like that. I just go and I'll relax. But I'm like, okay, this indoor. Let me see what I get out of myself if I go out hard the first lap. Let's see how. Let's see where that takes me. So I was like, let's go, and it it felt good. I'm like, okay, I feel good right now. The momentum is momentum. Like it was beautiful. It felt great. And then my finish was stronger than I've ever finished. And then. The hurdles, I was I pretty much chilled going into prelims and then semis and then finals. I was like, okay, this is this is it. Like, it's, this is end all be all. And people were thinking they're like, oh, she's close. She got a target on her. She's close. But I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm finna like really turn up now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, obviously you had a great performance at Nike, but. We have to also talk about your outdoor debut that you made just a couple weeks ago. You ran 1296 in the 100 meter hurdles. That's good for US number nine all time, all conditions. And that was at the East Mech home meets. Like, that's just insane. Like, in your first meet of the outdoor season, like, what was your reaction to that all time mark? You know, that big sub 13 opener. And how does this give you momentum going into outdoor season for, you know, the rest of the coming weeks? So honestly, y'all, let me be 100% honest. This was just something for me to gear up for nationals. I was like, I'm going to go out here and focus on mechanics. That's it. So we're we're in the car. We're riding home. I'm like, okay, let me check my times because we ain't checked the times at all at the meet. So like, I didn't know I ran 12.96. Everybody else knew. So I was like so calm. I was I was unfazed. My mom was like, how you feel? I was like, good. She was like, okay, cool down. We act like nothing happened. Like it was the craziest thing ever. So I'm checking the times. I'm like, okay, hmm. Mom, I think you need to call the timing people. I think they got me mixed up with the hundred. I don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> so we, we called the timing people. They was like, no, no, that's right. When I say I broke down in the car, I was like, no way. Like, I was not trying to go that fast. My opener, I was like, what is going on? So it shot me. I was like, I was shedding tears, but I was like, okay, now I know going into nationals. I can run something special because I just ran something special in the hundred hurdles. Now I only got five hurdles to to complete, and I'm like, okay, we're good. Let's see what let's see what's happening now. So like that really got me hyped for nationals, and then that got me hyped for outdoor because it's like I'm only gonna get faster. So this is it was blew my mind. I blew my own mind. Well, that that could only <laughs> spell good things. I think in the future, uh, you know, you you want a world U20 title in the 400 meter hurdles last year, and you're still sort of maybe chasing uh, athletes of the past, like Anna Cockrell and Sydney McLaughlin Leverone. I mean, you are in that territory. You got a whole outdoor season left and is chasing after maybe like those records, state records or national records, or even like a world U20 record. Is that something that you would like to do this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like for, for indoor, I was trying to get Anna Cockrell's record. I was very close, but you know, I mean, it, it didn't work out that way. I'm still pleased with how my season went, but I know outdoor, like, my times come when I just run. If I'm not thinking about the time and I just go out there, execute, and do what I'm supposed to do, the times are going to come. So I really, I really, honestly, I, of course I'm trying to break the records, but when they come, they'll come for me. So, like, 300 hurdles, definitely trying to break that. I I, I definitely want to hit 39 because I know the record's 41. So 100 hurdles. Now that I know I'm 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 quite fast in that, so I'm definitely gonna go after that. Uh, I'm just I'm excited for what my outdoor season holds because I I'm ready. Like I, I want to break it, but if it's if it's gonna come, it's gonna come. But I'm gonna put all my effort out there to do it though. Great way to look at it. This is a fun stat. I actually looked this up uh, right before the interview. You've won 94 times over your indoor career between finals and prelims 94 times since 2016 that's an <laughs> that's an incredible number uh, I'm for real. I didn't what, know that. What, what does like winning <laughs> represent to you in that that aspect when you've done it so often it probably becomes like second nature but like what is what does winning sort of mean to you or represent now I mean it means everything winning to me is I mean, it means everything to come out with the victory, but I also want to get faster. So I appreciate also the lo- the losses I take because it makes me a better person. Like, you know, what I would rather 
be better myself, run a faster time and come second place than win and not better myself. I only want to get better. So if that means, you know, taking some L's to get better, I'm fine with that. That's why winning is so important to me because I've took L's before. So it only makes me want to fight harder for those wins. So it's just it's inspiring. I didn't know that's a big number. <laughs> so, Akela, we've been watching your Instagram and I know there's a photo that you posted of the New York City billboard. So Nike produced a campaign with athletes at the Nike Indoor Nationals that eventually you found yourself in Times Square. So what was that like just seeing your face up on the billboard and just talk to us about that experience as well? It was so amazing. Like I knew we was getting a photo shoot. So I was like, OK, I'll have some dope photos to post. They was like. Okay, guys, come to the lobby. We're about to go to Times Square to see you guys on the billboard. Everybody looking at each other. We like, pause, what? We going where? We're on what? And then <laughs> I went out there, I saw it, and it was just it just made me shed tears. And I was just so I felt so accomplished because being in Times Square means you're a pretty big athlete. And of course, like people back home were so shocked. They were like, Is that a billboard? Like, are you serious? Like people were so happy for me. And it was just like I was happy and to be supported from home and people in New York and, you know, all the other athletes I was there with, like, it was, it was amazing to be around each other. Like we were so happy. It was the cutest moment ever. And I got to bring my friend along um, with me in the tie. And she was just, she was over there recording. She's like, I'm about to cry. You look so cute. My mom was happy. Like it was the coolest thing. One of the things I love about watching you compete is you're very, I feel like you are always filled with emotion, especially coming over just specifically the 60 meter hurdle race and hurdling in general. Like you always have that emotion. You always give out a scream. You're smiling. You're having fun out there. Just what are some of those feelings that you have when you go over that last hurdle that kind of just releases that emotion that we see? Honestly, I started doing that like this year. So once I started running like, 8-3. The first time I ran 8-3 of the season, it was because I was screaming. So, like, when I let out that big, ah, it just is my finishing. They always capture that moment every time I run. So, like, every time I have a picture, it's always a picture of me with my mouth wide open. And <laughs> it's the funniest thing to me because I'm always screaming. So, it's to the point where now people are like, it's not a Kayla if she's not screaming in the race. Like, every picture people see of me in the hurdles, I always have a big, ah, like, it's like, I don't know. I don't even know where the emotion came from. I just know that I, when I'm trying to gut it out and finish and I have um, I have that aggression. So like the emotion I'm showing is aggression. I'm ready to go get to that finish line. Even when I start, I do like this. I point at my nose and point down. That's look home, run home. And once I go over that last hurdle, that's home. So I got to start going and I just let out the emotion to get home. Now, of course, we've already established that you're a star at both the short and the long hurdles. I mean, you've won indoor titles in the 60 hurdles, and then you're also the world U20 champion at the 400 hurdles. But I have to know, is there a favorite? Like, do you like one over the other more? Like, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I, it's always been the 400 hurdles. That's my favorite. But now, like, I've never focused on sprinting. So since I opened up so fast, now it's like put me in a, in a sticky situation. Like, I don't even know what's my favorite anymore because I didn't know that I was that good at the hundred. I know I was good at the hundred hurdles, but like sub 13, the first outdoor meet is, was crazy to me. So now it's like, I really like both now. Cause I know that people were looking at me because I'm on worlds in the 400 hurdles, of course, but now it's like, I'm good at both. So I don't know what, what's to hold for both of them. I know I'm gonna probably be doing both all year. I can't even pick one anymore. <laughs> it's a toss-up then okay okay so you like both I think that's a very fair fair answer there um now I have to know too so obviously we had a lot of high school national action going on this weekend but it was also a big weekend for the NCAA you know you got to see the NCAA division one championships you're going to Texas next year were you paying attention to the results like were you keeping track like how'd you feel like the Longhorns did Yes, I was watching all weekend. As soon as we got back to the hotel, me and my mom pulled screencasted on the TV in the hotel. We sitting there screaming, come on, let's go, let's go. Like, it was amazing. Like, I was like, I can't wait to be a part of that. They were doing so good and it was so exciting. Especially, I was watching the 400. That was that was the craziest race I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was, <laughs> I was touched like the 400. And, but the hurdles were so good. So it was just good races back to back everywhere. Like 60, Julian did her thing. Rossi did her thing. Like hurdles, did, they did it. It's just, 
I was like, I'm really going to be a part of this next year. And it's not scary, but it's like uh, the adrenaline is rushing because they, the NCAA, they are dogs. And I'm like, okay, I'm really about to, <laughs> about to go into this right here. <laughs> yeah, the, the time is coming pretty quickly. You'll get there. Uh, I want to go back to social media really quickly. Roughly about a year ago, you posted a montage on your TikTok and Instagram uh, featuring all kinds of memories across your track and field career. And then there was a song that was paired with it. It, it started with, I used to hear a simple song. Um, oh. It was kind of a nostalgic look at your career. Um, can you tell me about that? Do you think it's important sometimes to look back on the things that you've done while also looking ahead to the future? Yeah, I make a lot of um, montages and stuff just to recap of, you know, my progression and how I'm doing. And I look back at those often because I see where I used to be and it's amazing to see where I am now. Like, I don't want to cry, but I came a long way and I appreciate the things that I've done and how my mom has coached me through track and life. And we've came a long way. And I know I always do montages because it's so scary that it's about to end. I'm about to go to a different ball game. So... I mean, I always look back at how, like, there's this picture when I was, I used to probably seen in the montage when I was a baby, and I had the little burnt orange dress on next to the hurdle. Like, my my fate was so destined. That picture is so ironic. Like, I had a burnt orange dress standing next to a hurdle. Like, that is that was, like, the most ironic picture I've ever had. Like, it's so funny to me. So, I mean, I appreciate all the moments I've been through, like, for this to be my last indoor season high school, like I was crying all night on Sunday <laughs> because I was like, this is crazy. Like reality setting in. I didn't expect it to move this fast. Mm -hmm. I think that's the crazy thing about time. It, it like in a blink of an eye, I just remember covering you when you were just, you know, freshman, sophomore, and here you are about to do big things at Texas. Right. So you guys just grow up and spread your wings so fast. Um, our final question for you, Akela, before you get back to classes, I know you just talked about like some of the times that you're hitting and going after, but what is like one thing that you're looking forward to doing your senior year before you leave North Carolina to go to Texas that you're like, I have to do this before before this chapter closes? Honestly, I want to do a lot of things, but uh, my main thing is inspiring people because, like, I noticed that over the past weekend at Nike, like, people were coming up to me. We're so happy that you're here. You like the effort you put in. You're always dedicated. You've been you've been loyal to us. Like, like inspiring people. I I helped a lot of people this weekend because a lot of people were doubting themselves. And no matter if I'm competing against you or if I'm just around you, I don't feel like nobody should ever, you know, feel down about racing. Like track and field is fun. And of course it's like business trips, but I also don't ever want to take the fun out of it. So, I mean, uh, something I want to do before I leave is of course break records, but also inspire people that like, you can do anything. Like I, I came a long way, even though I've been doing it a long time, I'd still, you know, it's been a long, long run. So I know that I show a lot of people growth and I'm like, my words are powerful and I, I expect to use them throughout my whole college career, the rest of my senior career. Like I just, I know that I can talk and I'm going to talk. Kayla, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Uh, you did a brilliant job at Nike Internationals and you got the outdoor season coming up. So best of luck, okay? Thank y'all so much. That was Thanks wonderful. Great interview with Kayla Garrett of Albemarle, North Carolina. We'll have much more from her in the in the coming weeks and months. But let's get back to the week that was our common segment here at On the Line. We're going to talk about first New Balance Nationals indoor electricity was in the air uh, in Boston as the first iteration of that meet took place at their new track. Uh, in Boston. It didn't disappoint. Olivia, I'm going to toss it over to you first. What were your, your biggest impressions and what were some of your thoughts? Yes, I know I was the first individual from our model split team to land in Boston. And I, I was so, I had to, sorry guys. I was so blown away by the facility that was at the track at New Balance. It was just Ashley, just imagine four floors. The first one's the lobby. The second level is like the throwing area. Like they had their own separate section for the throwers then the third level was the track the fourth level was the media area and you can just see the kids just like taking it all in and it was just so amazing just to see just how beautiful that facility is but you know we're going to dive into you know just go to our website with mile split we have all the content on all the national records that fell there was literally five of them 
from the one meet and it was the boys 60 205k the girls 204 by eight and i it was just so mind-blowing to just watch these records fall as corey mentioned it was a jaw dropping experience like literally my jaw was to the floor there were moments where it took a while for things to like sinking especially with the deja hodge in the 200 like just seeing 22 3 on the jumbo screen i was like that's fast and then it hit me that like oh gosh like that's really moving to see that and you know, just to see Asama Singa and, you know, Tyrone Gorzi and Cuthbertson do what they did in the amazing matchups, it was just undescribable. But outside the records, I want to dive into the boys 400 meters, which featured Quincy Wilson. And his performance, honestly, is probably a performance that's going to be stuck with me for a very long time. And just having an opportunity to talk with him after his race, he was like, I knew Jake Andrews and Zaire Nurden were going to get out fast. And they went out in like 21-4, 21-6. So they were moving. And Quincy just honestly bought his time. He was just, he knew that was going to be how the race was going to unfold. And the fact that as a freshman, he was able to recognize and have all these different race, race scenarios that could have happened. And he knew it and he was just like, okay, I'm just gonna hang tight and just make my move coming off that last turn. And that's exactly what he did. Clocked the fastest time in the nation, 46.67. Broke his freshman class record, which was so phenomenal. It was just amazing to see. And then also Tenota Matsasa's performance was just like, wow, to me. 148.27 in the 800 meters, which equaled the number three all time. And the crazy thing was four boys dipped under 150. It was Tenota, Alex Leith, Dan Wachtel and, and Andrew Regner. Like it was just a wonderful experience to just see all these great matchups and great performances. So those were just kind of my highlights and I'm looking forward to being back at that venue again. Ashley, let's take it over to you. I'm glad you brought up Quincy Wilson because I was watching his post-race interview that you did with him, Olivia, and he brought up a quote that I feel like kind of sums up a lot of what happened this weekend in New Balance. He said after his race, after, his, after he won the 400, he said, Usually in March Madness, everyone wants to see the underdog win, and today I was the underdog going into the race. I had great competitors, and I knew I was the underdog, so I had to shock them with the game plan. If you look at a lot of these guys and you know gals that had just sensational performances, I feel like some of them were ones where they weren't the number one favorites going in. You know, like I look at someone like, you know, Tonota Matsatsa, Tyrone Gorzi, Quincy, they were all, you know, kind of more or less like almost underrated in ways like we weren't, you know, they weren't the ones that people expected to win. And then when they did win, they did it in a big way. And I feel like that shows, I feel like New Balance this weekend really just showed how deep track and field is right now in the U.S. You know, anyone on any given day can go out there and do something special. And, you know, again, like you said, jaw dropping. Again, I was out there watching the live stream. My jaw literally, like you said, dropped like every time <laughs> something happened. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from New Balance. Here's the thing with Quincy that uh, I think we should remark on a little bit here. Uh, and David Woods wrote about this briefly, but you could obviously see it out there. So you look at 400 meter indoor history. Uh, the record breakers. Tyrese Cooper had um, a, a stranglehold on on a lot of great performances, but when Tyrese Cooper was a freshman, he was a man uh, in a boy's body, or he was it was a boy in a man's body. Obi Moore, when he competed, uh, was in a man's body basically. Quincy Wilson looks like a freshman, and he's competing like a man. There's the there's the key difference because uh, some of those stories didn't necessarily end the way they should have. Quincy has a lot of future ahead of him, and he's still developing. And to see him go 46-6 right now at this point of his life is is probably part of why it's so cool to see because, you know, it's kind of surprising in a way that he goes 46-6 uh, the way he does. But great talent there. I think, you know, adding contact to some of these national records too, we just have to, to say this a little bit louder. Deja Hodge, 16 years old. Breaks a world U20 record in the 200, 22-3-3. The last person to hold that mark was Bianca Knight. She ran 22-4 when she was a college freshman at Texas. Th th you just cannot it's say crazy. that any, yeah. I think, differently. Because, like, three years separates those, those like, that those, those individuals on their own timelines. And I, you, we just will might never see someone like Adesha Hodge again uh, at that age. And I think, it, you know, at, at the same time, Asama Singa breaking, at least tying the 60-meter national record goes a long way, too, because mm -hmm. 
uh, we've often questioned whether it would ever be done. He finally did get there and he tied it. So it still hasn't mm-hmm. been tackled uh, yet, but he got there six five seven. Uh, the the I think heartwarming part of this was that Casey Combus was in the stands uh, watching his young son compete in the freshman division. He got to see Assam kind of take a, a route to his own record, and I think there was a nice little correlation there. Um, great, great moments. Um, I think some underrated ones were Brianna Selby winning the 60, Shanti running 22.96 in the semifinals, which, you know, after that happens, doesn't get talked about, but that's their second time under 23 seconds. Uni Catholic mm-hmm. ran a four-by-mile with, like, one of their legs, like, extremely ill, and they still battled it out for the win. Uh, that That's impressive. Maddox Ham going 17-8 in the pole vault. And Hayden Dixon, the thrower from Schuyler County, Missouri, uh, lives in a town of just 17 people, uh, walks away with the national title uh, uh, in the U.S. Uh, from the shot put. So don't often see that there as well. But great, great performances all around New Balance Nationals Indoor. Let's move to Nike Indoor Nationals, uh, which was taking place in New York City at the Armory. Ashley, we'll go to you this time. What, what do you think was some of the key moments here? Yeah, you know, just like New Balance, there were a lot of good highlights from Nike, and I was watching this live stream as well. I literally had the split screens going on on my laptop, and, you know, a few <laughs> of my favorite highlights, I think, you know, first of all, I want to talk about Hunter Jones, you know, he he goes there, he pulls off the hard two-mile 5K double, and he, you know, runs two PRs, 851 for two miles and 1420 for 5K, and they're both essentially solo efforts, you know, I watched both races, and he just went out to the lead, and it was just him, you know, knocking off every lap, so kudos to him there. One of the closest races of the day that I watched that was super exciting was the boys 4x8. If you look, we have a video up there from our guy John Davern on our Instagram page, but just one one thousandth of a second separated Lancaster from Ohio and Chaminade from New York, and a dip at the line gives Lancaster the win there, so that was really exciting to watch. And then one of the best, you know, all-around performances, too, Skyland Townsend of Rock Hill in Texas. You know, Outdoor's already starting in Texas, but she decides to go back indoors for one more final shot at a national title and she comes away with two titles here she wins the long jump and the triple jump in 20 feet one and a half and then 43 six and a half and that 43 six and a half puts her at u.s number one this season indoors to cap off her season so kudos to her there and those were some of the things that really impressed me over the weekend olivia let's toss it to you yes outside of akila garrett improving on her u.s number one in the six meter hurdles with a25 Jaden Leppett of Winter Haven out in Florida, he took the victory in the triple jump with the U.S. number one leap of 50 feet, eight and a quarter of an inch. And I think, honestly, the biggest storyline for me coming out of Nike was just the girls' mile as a whole. We had some athletes that we saw at New Balance go to New York to compete at Nike. And Irene Riggs just, like, did her thing, took the victory in the mile with a 438-23 in a very loaded field. There was Sophia Gurion in there. Sophia Kennedy was in there. Mia Prock was in in there. Abby Nicky, Zariel Machia, and Carrie Beloga all doubled back from New Balance. And these ladies all finished in the top six, which I thought was just incredible. And I had a chance to just see uh, Katie Beloga, who is Carrie Beloga's mom, and they were just super excited, just had the opportunity to just kind of do both, which I thought was really amazing. So congratulations to all the ladies that competed at both national championships over the weekend. 100%. And then a little bit more on top of that, Lily Bogdan in the 5K, I think is an underrated performance. She went 17.01 uh, to win there. Her PR in, in cross country was just 17.49. So that's 48 seconds uh, from that season to the next one. I think that's impressive. Niwat's girls in the DMR Ran 11.41. That's U.S. number two. I think if we had, like, just one DMR overall, I think Niwot would have put themselves in that conversation. But you only run the race you're in. Niwot wins that. Tavon Underwood beating Aiden Dixon in the 400. 47.35. Pretty impressive. Uh, and then we have Episcopal Academy's boys. They they ran Nike Indoor Nationals first day. New balance on the last day. Uh, but they ended up winning the DMR on the guy's side, 10.08, uh, pretty impressive for a small school. Ended up finishing second in the 4x8 at New Balance. Before we get to Adidas Track Nationals, we're going to stop real quick and get into the Texas Distance Festival. One of the main main distance carnivals on the calendar in Texas gets underway this week at South Lake Carroll. Always a top draw for distance athletes. It showcases some fast races under the lights in Dallas. Which event are we most looking forward to and why? 
and which athlete could have a big day. There's nearly 2,000 athletes scheduled to compete on the on the docket here. Olivia, I'll start with you first. Yes, I'm so looking forward to the the girls' 800 meters. I think it's going to feature uh, some amazing talent for sure. There are a handful of kids that have gone 215 over their career in this distance, so they're going to be lining up looking to set some PRs and go for some titles. Nicole Humphreys, I feel like, is my my favorite here. She's coming off an impressive meet from New Balance, and she enters the meet with the fastest seed time of 2.12, which is what she ran at the UIL district meet last spring, and her personal best is 2.08, which she set back in 2001. It's, it's safe to say Nicole has just been, like, really exceeding I feel like all the expectations that maybe she has set on herself, but she has just been doing such a great job from cross country to the indoor season to now just kind of going out there and starting the outdoor season where the true bread and butter is. And she, I feel like she's just going to do a phenomenal job out there. She's going to get some competition. And this is why I'm excited to see what Waverly Hassman of Koppel is going to do similar to Nicole. She has a personal best that was set back in 2021 with, a 209 and she debuted her outdoor season already in March with a 219. This was her first time competing since last spring. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how Waverly does just competing against Nicole here in this 800 meters, looking to just, you know, keep improving and having that opportunity to just showcase some talent as well. And Nicole and her sister, Samantha ended up helping Flower mm-hmm. Mountain win the four by mile at New Bound. So they're coming off yes. of that. Ashley, let's turn it to you. Well, if I had to pick the event that I'm most excited to watch, I'd probably have to pick the girls' 5K. You know, at the high school level, it's not very often that you see high schoolers get the chance to compete in really high, you know, 5K races on the outdoor track because it's not, you know, competed regularly. And if you look at the field in this race, you have some of the top cross-country talents in Texas, you know, going to toe the line and competing against each other. You have eight girls seated under 18 minutes. They'll be led by three South Lake Carroll girls and Ava Bushaw, Alexander Walsh and Audrey Dunn, and they'll probably work together to kind of pull the field probably closer to that 17 flat mark or low 17. So I think that'll be an exciting one to watch. Now, if I have to pick an athlete, I'm with Olivia here. I really like the Humphreys here, but I'm going to talk about Sam Humphreys. She's going to be in the 1600 meters this weekend. And I mean, y'all were in New Balance. Did you see how Sam anchored that Flower Mound four by mile team? I mean, they were, I think like, you know, 10 seconds behind going into that final leg. Yes, I looked at the splits. I looked at the splits. Yes, it was 10 seconds. It was 10 (laughs) seconds. I don't believe that. Pull up the splits. But anyways, (laughs) she comes from behind. She anchors in 449 to help Flower Mound to that victory that come from behind win. And so she'll be towing the line with some other top talents like current Texas number two, San Juanita Leal, who's already gone 450 this season. And I think that's going to be exciting to watch. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go with the boys 1600 as my event uh, to watch. It's clearly the most uh, de- it has the most depth overall. There's a hundred million boys, it seems like, in the 1600 there. Uh, and when we look actually at the top level of it, too, it's, it's very good. Angel Sanchez, Hudson Betts, Tyler Downs of Mountain Vista, Colorado, David Mora, Dawson Welch of Harbor, Arkansas, Ethan Stovall of Oklahoma Christian, Oklahoma, you know, it has probably the most in-state and out-of-state competitors, so it's kind of a, a, a good draw there as well. So I think it's going to be fun. Now, on, on the individual front, I'm going with Kevin Sanchez in the 5K. He ran this last year. He ran 14:34, which is a very good time. He's coming off a, a really interesting weekend, actually. Uh, ended up going to New Balance Nationals, ran the two-mile Ended up finishing in 8.56. Well, he gets on a plane directly after that. And the very next day at the Viper Distance Festival, his own home, you know, the school school event, he ran 4.14 in the 1,600 meters on back-to-back days. 8.56, 4.14. So he's building the base. Uh, he talked to us about sort of, you know, steadily adding all the all, all the markers to make sure he's he's ready to go when the postseason comes. So Kevin Sanchez in the 5K, I'm interested to see how he does, see if he can improve on the 1434 from last week. Time has come for talk on Adidas Track Nationals, which will take place at Virginia Beach uh, this weekend. We All of us will be there. We'll be tracking the events and the athletes and how they're doing. Uh, we're going to switch gears, and let's talk about this event over tw- 2,600 athletes are entered to compete at the Virginia Beach Sports Center. And as we did last week, we're going to go over some of the key races here that we expect to be the big ones to watch. The first one we're going to start with is the girls' 
60. It includes in the field the likes of Shanti Jackson, Brianna Selby, Ruth McGee, Madison Devandros, and Brianna Smith. Uh, Olivia, I'll turn it to you first. What do you have happening here? Yeah, this girl's 60 meters, I feel like it's going to be very interesting. Brianna Selby, I feel like, is the, the vocal point here. She was the champion at New Balance National Endures just this past weekend. And as you just kind of look at her mile split profile, just to see the progression that she has made, it, it's it's fantastic. She started out with a 758 to finish eighth at the VA Showcase and then ended this last weekend as a national champion and clocked a 7.30 to win there. Shanti Jackson is going to be an interesting person here because I know after that 200 meters, she was talking to me afterwards just a little bit about her hamstring. But if she does decide to compete, Shanti is definitely going to be her closest competitor here as she ran a 7.26 in the prelim, 7.38 in the semis to make it all the way through the final. Unfortunately, she scratched from the 60 meters. But she also, as Corey mentioned earlier, ran 22.96 in the prelims in the 200 meters and finished fifth overall at nationals there. So if she does decide to compete, it's going to be interesting to see how these ladies line up because they weren't in the same heat at all at New Balance. But I feel like Brianna Selby is going to be the heavy favorite going into this weekend. And plus, she's going to have the home crowd advantage. She's from Virginia, Indian River. This is her backyard. So I know she's going to give us a show for sure. Ashley, who were the top draws for you? Yeah, I agree with Olivia. I'm like really impressed with what Brianna Selby did at New Balance and going more into the stats as well. Like Olivia mentioned, she opened up, you know, north of 7-5, but you know, at New Balance through the the three rounds, she goes, I believe, 7-28, 7-27 and then 7-30. I mean, those were all huge like over two tenths improvement on what she had already been doing previously in this season so i to me that shows that she's hit a groove and she's ready to go and that'll give her some momentum and i mean she already has one national title so she'll obviously be wanting to shoot for another um like olivia said you know we don't know if shanti will compete yet but you know selby is definitely a legit contender and you know besides selby though if i had to pick probably a dark horse candidate i'm really interested in kennedy singleton out of houston county in georgia um, you know, she's already transitioned to outdoor meets, but she had a strong effort the last time out. She was, you know, competing indoors at the Florida Georgia Challenge down in Gainesville. She clocked a PR of 749 for 60 meters. So potentially we could see her do something, you know, special here at Adidas as well. Yeah. I, if you're Shanti Jackson or, or uh, Brianna Selby here, you don't have a lot to prove. Uh, I think you both of those mm -hmm. girls ran well at New Balance. Um, Shanti's had an amazing season, so there's not a lot to prove. I, you know, there even if she does run, she's going to be the main attraction, but uh, doesn't necessarily need to. Selby here, Ashley, you took my joke. I was going to say, what's better than one national title? Two. Two. <laughs> took it. You took it. And I'm, sorry. I'm holding that against you. All right. We're going to move to our next event, the Boys 400. It'll feature uh, athletes like Alexander Sadikov, Nada Vigo Katala, Safi Reed and Demarcus Rose. Ashley, let's go to you first on this field. All right, guys. One guy I really don't think we should be sleeping on. That's Demarcus Rouse. He, I got to talk with him at the Michigan Indoor State Meet, actually, and because he won the 400 title there just a few weeks ago. And he's already gone 48-34 this season. He clocked that in that state title win a few weeks ago in Michigan. And I talked to him afterwards, and he is like, Guys, like his energy is up there. Like he is so excited. He, I was asking him, like, so, like, what's the the goals going ahead? He's like, I'm gonna do something really big at Adidas. So, I'm really interested to see what he does there. He's a senior too, so I think the motivation could be pretty high for him going into this one. But you know, overall, I agree that I think this could be a very competitive race. If you look at all these entries here, these top entries, they all could be pushing for that sub 48 mark and get you know in the 47s, you know, 47 mid or something like that. I think Sadikov has to be my favorite here in my mind, but I think a lot of other guys, like I said, will be chasing some top marks. This event last year did come out of nowhere, and we did see Zaire run a 46.04, so maybe maybe something comes mm -hmm. up that we don't expect. Mm -hmm. Olivia, do you think mm -hmm. that could happen? It could potentially happen, because like you said, Corey, uh, we weren't, I personally wasn't expecting Zaire to run what he did at Adidas last year. I really didn't know what to expect, but here clocked a low 46 and just did he just went out there and run and so I think we have a really strong field as Ashley mentioned just even looking at the top four guys that you mentioned Corey all these athletes are ranked in the top 40 in the nation and I, I agree with Ashley I think the biggest question for me going into these championships is how many boys can we see go under 48 seconds 47 mid low 47 maybe tap into 46 I feel like all these 
all four of these guys have the the ability to do so. Just kind of talking, just reiterating Demarcus Rouse. I think he also is someone that could really be a contender for this title. As Ashley mentioned, his last two races have been very solid: forty eight seventy six, forty eight thirty four, which he ran at the Indoor State Championships. Um, but U.S. number eight right now, Alexander uh, Zidagov, forty seven forty, and he ran that actually at New Balance to finish fourth in the prelims, and then you have. Katala, who's U.S. number 20 with a 47.96. So those are your two boys that have already dipped under 48 seconds. Then Reed, who's U.S. number 25, he ran a 48.13. And he has just been very consistent all season. He's competed in six 400-meter races this winter. Five of them have been sub-50. So to even add a little bit more into the stats here, the last three races have been sub-49. So I feel like he's just really, really sharp. So don't sleep on Reed there. And he's also coming off an AU indoor national title, 48-16. Then he also ran the prelims and set a personal best at New Balance with a 48-13. So again, four of these guys can really put together a really strong race, and it's going to be an exciting one for sure. So I'll go more into read there. I think you hit it uh, a lot, but 48-13 um, on the clock at New Balance was a personal best by about three hundredths of a second. Uh, he's just a sophomore from Philadelphia. I think there's a lot of... Of, of potential uh, and his ceiling hasn't been hit yet. So Adidas is a good venue for athletes like him. Uh, young want to get results in, want to compete against other athletes, want to show college coaches what they are capable of. Safi Reed's had a really good season. PR is 21.85 in the 200, 48.13, as we said, in the 400. Those are solid. That, that'll get you some looks. Now, if you go deeper into that, if you hit 47s, if you win a national title, you know, that's more in your record. So I think this is a crucial moment for a guy like him as he, you know, heads into his sophomore season. And we'll see what he does along with the others. All right. We're going to go next to the girls' 800. Uh, field will, inc will include star Kate Putman of Cicero North Syracuse, uh, Lucy McLean, Annie Miller, Olivia Buffalini, uh, and Grace Finnegan. All five of those girls are seated under 215. Uh, Ashley, let's start with you first. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Kate Putman here. I'm I'm just so curious what Putman's going to do in an 800. We haven't seen her run an 800 indoors this season. And, you know, she has been just elite at the 1,000 meters this season. She's gone 249 for U.S. number six. And she's even gone for, you know, 138 for the 600, which is U.S. top 70 this season. And so she has that speed in her. She's gone 209 in the 800 outdoors before, which came last year in New York sectionals. So... We'll see what she does. And she already competed this, you know, this past weekend at New Balance. So how will she come back from that? I guess we'll have to see. And I'm really excited for that. But I also really like Lucy McLean there. I think, you know, she's more on the mid-distance side of things, you know, comparing her a little bit to Putman here. And she's gone 214 indoors this year. And she's also gone 135 in the 600 that came at the Milrose Games. And she just clocked 216 at New Balance. So I feel like if things are really clicking potentially for McLean this weekend, she could challenge for that title and go after maybe you know assuming that putman's going to go out there and take the lead and take control of things i could see her going out there and challenging her mclean over putman really i just said challenge <laughs> like she'll be there she'll I, be there. I, hope, I hope kate heard that that is ashley <laughs> doubting kate no never never olivia you're up next Wait. All right, let me take it from <laughs> Ashley right here. Kate Putman, as Ashley mentioned, she's just had a very busy week. Like coming off, I just seeing her at New Balance, I was like, how are you feeling? Because you just had states. And she's like, I'm just, you know, she's out here having fun. And I think that's so important. So state champion in the 1500, seventh at New Balance in the mile with a 444. And as Ashley mentioned, this is, I, I'm excited to see what Kate does. This is her first ever 800 meters of the season. And as I mentioned, she's just looking out there to have fun. Her personal best of 214, which was set back in 2021. I feel like Kate is so much stronger and so much faster. So I feel like she's just going to, if she puts it all together and if she's feeling great, we can probably see a sub 214 here. But similar to Kate, Olivia Buffalini hasn't competed in the 800 this season. And just to touch on um, the athlete that Ashley was talking about, Lucy McLean, I feel like she's also a competitor as well. All of her races have been sub 219. She ran a personal best of 214 in February. Same with Annie, uh, Anna Miller. Uh, she ran a 214 at the end of February. But I have to give a shout out to Grace Finnegan of Richard Montgomery. That is up my alley um, and part of my neck of the woods. She's competed 
once this indoor season. That was at New Balance, and she ran a personal best of 218. She has an outdoor personal best of 214. So I'm just excited to see kind of how this is really going to unfold. I feel like Kate's going to, you know, she's feeling good, feeling healthy, ready to have some fun. It's going to be Kate's race, um, but it's going to be definitely another great race to see what these girls can put out there this weekend. Yeah, big Kate fan here. I I did did either I mean obviously Olivia I think you caught this but Ashley well you probably got this too because you're a Cuthbertson fan but the DMR Kate Putman yeah. went from fifth yes, to crazy. second and then I was like uh, I was like is oh she my gosh steal this yeah that was crazy to watch yeah she's a gamer Kate was moving definitely yeah. impressed me there mm-hmm. so I have no doubt that she could probably break two ten oh yeah if 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 fresh and healthy yeah. so. That's what I would think I'd be pulling for here. Uh, On the other end, too, I mean, if 215 is sort of like that time barrier that all these girls are trying to break, it's like the inflection point or or pivot or whatever, then I have two athletes that could get close to that. Bryn Kelso of Vanderbilt Catholic, she went uh, 218 at Eastern Indoor, so she certainly has the potential to break a couple seconds from that. And then Ava Bordner from Skyline, Virginia, uh, mix of speed and endurance. Uh, she's got some 300 and 500 performances along with some 1K and 1600 meter performances. So um, Bryn and Ava, I think, could challenge that 215 mark. Let's move next to the 4x2. Boys or girls, let's just talk about it generally, the, the relay. We got teams <laughs> like Track 757, LaSalle, Intensity Athletics, uh, Western Branch and Speed Evolution on tap here. Uh, Olivia, let's go to you first. Uh, what are some of your opinions here on the 4x2? Yes, I kind of dove into the boys 4x2. That's where my my head was at when we were breaking this down. I'm a huge fan of Track 757. Shout out to the DMV, Virginia. They always, I feel like, put something together. And I think they have an opportunity to really showcase some speed, showcase some sound. It's going to be an interesting race for sure. Intensity Athletics currently number top 40 in the country right now. They clocked a 129.20. Western Branch is also summing up my neck of the woods, has always been uh, a team that puts together top relays. So don't underestimate them as they're ranked in the top 50 on the boys' side with a 129.34. And here's the thing when it comes to, I feel like just kind of looking at some of the entries for Adidas Track Nationals, like we're seeing some powerhouse teams coming through so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see some mix up of athletes a little bit more but hey i'm I'm all for it to be quite honest with you i'm all for it so those I'm are my thoughts for, i think we're mm-hmm. all for that actually oh, yeah. let's go mm-hmm. to you well looking more specifically at the boys four by two i want to see what lasalle brings to the table out of ohio you know they're currently us number 11 this season they ran 127.92 back all the way in january and they've had two guys under 22 seconds in the 200 also this indoor season you have um, Cole Beasley and Tamiko Jackson. And I feel like on the national stage, hey, you never know what could happen. They could put together something solid, move up the rankings a little bit. And, you know, going against some of these other, like you said, powerhouse teams with some mixing of athletes. I think that'll be interesting to see how they do. All right. And I'm going to add a little bit of context here with Speed Evolution. So Madison White was originally entered. I don't think she's entered anymore based on what we've been we're talking about. But Madison's from... Uh, Newport News, which is just a skip away from Virginia Beach. So if I had to guess, she will be at Adidas Track Nationals, whether as a, a spectator or an athlete, in the 4x2. A year ago, she ran for Speed Evolution, and that team balled out. 135-17, while it was an all-star team, uh, was is number two in high school history. I mean, it doesn't go down the record books like that, but just as far as times are concerned, number two. And that was... A large reason because of Madison White. So um, I think I think we could see her here uh, in the four by two. Uh, she could bring some teammates along. We could see a sub one thirty seven in in that race. And I think for me, if I'm looking at, at the relay, I think that's what I would be most looking forward to if that came to fruition. Let's move on to the top field event here. It's the pole vault uh, on the boys and girls sides. There's a slew of athletes uh, in in national title contention on the girls side. There's four girls over 13.6. Guys side, there's some guys over 17 feet. Uh, Olivia, let's go to you first. What kind of odds are stacking up against one another here? Oh my goodness. I am so excited for this girls pole vault. As you mentioned, Corey, four girls over 13.6. That is a event I'm looking forward to seeing. Veronica Vaca, I feel like, is the one to keep your eyes out for. She must be going into this meet with a lot of confidence because her last four jumps have been over 
13 feet. She's also coming off the New Balance win with a 13.7 uh, and a quarter of an inch. And this surpasses her outdoor personal best. So I, if I'm Veronica Vaca, I'm like, woo, I'm at one of the best positions in my life right now in my career. Uh, this outdoor season is going to be great. Let me just finish out this indoor season and see how high I can go. And Veronica is going to have some competition because she's going to be facing Hannah to Togami. And she cleared 13-7 just a month ago at the Gamecock Youth Indoor Challenge. But then you also have athletes like Maddie Kelly, who's a junior from Villa Maria Academy. She went 13-6 this indoor season. She was third at the Milrose Games and also is your Pennsylvania State Indoor Champion. Kaylee Swart from Cathedral out in Indiana, who's also a University of South Dakota commit. She has five jumps that are over 13-1 this indoor season, and she went 13-6 and a quarter just a couple weeks ago. So as you can hear, you're hearing a lot of 13-6, So it's going to be literally coming down to the inches and who can put up the bar the highest and get it over. So the girls' competition is just going to be super exciting. What about the boys? We got some, some action in the boys. Boys. I could talk. Yes, let's talk about the boys, too. Cody Johnson of Hobart out in Indiana. His last three meets, he's cleared over 17 feet. He won the Nike Indoor National title with a personal best of 17-1. However, athletes like Matthew Gray, which I know Ashley's going to dive into a little bit more, Kenneth Bird, Victor Olsen. These are also three other jumpers who cleared over 16 feet in this event, too. So that's just kind of the summary for the girls and the boys pole vault. So, Ashley, you want to dive into the boys a little bit further? Yeah, yeah. You know, looking at this field, you know, like Olivia mentioned, Cody Johnson's entering this meet coming off his first national title of his entire high school career, and he's a senior, and he went over 17 feet, 17-1, and that's that's a pretty impressive performance there. So he's got to be feeling good about himself going into Adidas this weekend. But, you know, as we know, I feel like the boys' pole vault has been a really big, like, back-and-forth event all year. Like, we've seen so many different guys at that, you know, top – U.S. number one mark throughout, you know, the months of the winter season. And two guys that have been at that top mark are going to be in this, and that's going to be Matthew Gray and Kenneth Bird, and I would not count them out. If you look at Matthew Gray of Swain County in North Carolina, he's gone number three all time in the state that came back in January with a 16-8 clearance, and he held the top mark in the country for a bit with that performance. And then you have Kenneth Bird of East Burke, also in North Carolina, number four all time in the state with a 16-6 clearance from Mondo Elite Invite. And those are two guys that they compete against each other a lot. They've been going back and forth. The last time they faced each other, it was Gray who came out on top at the North Carolina Class 1A, 2A Indoor State Championships. And the North Carolina state record for pole vault for the guys is just over 17 feet, 17 feet and three quarters of an inch. And I think that could be, that could go down. I, I think that could definitely go down. And especially when you have someone like Cody Johnston in the competition as well, who's gone over 17 feet before, I think that could make for, you know, something special to happen. Yeah, we got 18-1 here last year too. So maybe maybe the energy surrounding Adidas Track Nationals can, can spur that on. Uh, I would say, you know, if not for this weekend, the U.S. won mark was 17-3. And I think if we had gone into this weekend with 17-3 as US-1, maybe an athlete kind of approaches that and maybe we get a new marker. But I think Maddox-Hamp just shut the door on that. 17-8 uh, is, <laughs> is all but locked up the the best performance mm-hmm. of the season in the pole vault. And plus we got Maddox versus um, Wyatt Stewart and New Balance. So you can't beat that too. Yeah. We're going to go next to a little bit you know, more refined conversation on the field events. Who's the top athlete to watch overall and why? And Ashley, I want to go to you first because you got a Virginia athlete that I, you know, I really like too. Yes. Yes, that's right. From Western Branch, I want to talk about Lyric Driscoll, guys. She's kind of like a stud, I feel like, at so many different events. I was looking through her mile split profile and she's she can do it all. She's going to be in the girls' triple jump and the high jump specifically at Adidas this weekend, and she has a 5.8 PR in the high jump this season. That's U.S. number nine. She's also gone 41.10 and a quarter in the triple jump at the VA Showcase that won that event there. That's also U.S. number five. So she's one of the top 10 horizontal jumpers in the entire country. That's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, adding that, you know, high jump in there too, she can do it all. She's also a Virginia Class 6A state champion in the long jump. She was third in the triple there as well. And so she'll be the favorite going into these. She's also going to be competing in the 60-meter hurdles and the 4 by 2 for Western Branch. So I'm excited to see what Lyric Driscoll does. Would you say she's the most versatile athlete in the country? Hmm. That's a tough mm. one. I'm going to say... Julia just had a really great weekend, yeah, though. I was going to say Julia, uh, um, Laris Fuente, Hubner. She's like... I think she's the most versatile. But 
Lyric's a close second, maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Olivia, what do you got over there? I'm excited to see what Tyler Glover uh, does over this weekend at Adidas Track National. She is the sixth best thrower this year with a 46-6 in the shot put. Her best throw actually came out in a meet in December. So I'm cheering her on to improve on that toss as she just kind of moves into that outdoor season, kind of boosts some confidence and some energy just because she hasn't seen a big enough throw since December. So I'm cheering her on for something big this weekend. You know, we had a, a segment on the most versatile athlete in the country like a couple weeks back. I was trying to get you to change your pick because mine was Lyric Driscoll. I was trying to pull one over on you a little bit. So, Do you still believe she's the most versatile athlete? I do. I, okay. Well, I mean, I, I agree that Juliet's a little bit on the higher end of all, like with the long jump, high jump, and triple jump. But uh, Lyric runs the, the 200 here, whereas Juliet only does a six-meter hurdle. That's so true. there's, a, there's a little extra... Um, I think they're both great, uh, but I was just having a little fun, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, as, I'm, uh, as, I, as I am want to do. All right, uh, I got two athletes here. There's a girl by the name of Shiloh Cross from Canada representing Flying Angels Track Club. She comes in with a seat of 20 feet, 10 inches in the long jump. Uh, we don't see much from Canadian athletes. We'll see if she can get over 20 feet there. That would be great. And then Ty Maz of Trinity Episcopal in Richmond, Virginia. He enters as a top triple jump seed, 45-10. Uh, has, has produced a season best of 42-9 and three quarters. Uh, we'll see if he can get closer to that seed mark. Last segment of the day is the indoor double, which notable athletes will be doubling back after New Balance or Nike to compete at Adidas, and which one of them will have a chance to come away with the national title. Olivia, we'll start with you first. I like y'all's pick, but I'm going with my girl, Kate Hutman again. I can't speak enough about her. I like her winning this 800 that we talked about earlier. Her 800-meter debut this indoor season as a national champion, I think that sounds like a great headline to me. So I'm going with Kate Hutman. Looking forward to it. Ashley? All right. I'm going to go with the young phenom. That I feel like we haven't even talked about this show yet, surprisingly. And she's been blowing up our Instagram, I feel like, all indoor season long. And that's... The youngster, the middle schooler, Sophia Rodriguez from Pennsylvania, she competed in the in the two-mile at Nike, and she set the world U14 two-mile record of 10.20 at Nike Nationals. Like, that's just, that's crazy. I mean, she's under 14 years old. Like, that's just insane. And she was second overall in that race, too, only to NXN runner-up Brooke Wilson. So, at Adidas, she's actually going to be bumping up in distance. She's going to be doing the 5K and according to um, our guy, Pennsylvania, John Davern, he, she may be shooting for a time of like 1619 in that 5K. The world U14 record is 1624. So she has more records on her mind. And wow. she's just, she's a stud. She's a stud. And I'm excited to see what she does. Yeah, uh, I agree. That was my pick too. In the eighth grade class right now, she's number one in the 1,500, 1,600-mile, 3K, 3,200 meters, and two miles in the 5K. She will be number one, too, after she runs this. Um, that's a lot. I mean, she is reminiscent of a lot of young stars at that age, Caitlin Tui in particular, because Caitlin, at that eighth grade level, got to compete at the varsity um, level, and, and she was great. Or she was blossoming at that point, too. But Sophie is maybe another progression, I think, at this point. Um, Caitlin only ran an indoor 5k when she was a sophomore in 2018 and she ended up setting the high school national record at that point, 1537. Um, Sophia is not going to get there, but she's running there at eighth grade. You know, I'm kind of back and forth on like, you know, whether you should do it, uh, because it is, she is still pretty young. Right. And the 5k is a pretty intense race. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Ashley, obviously, it's one of these things where it's like a, it's a long race. It takes a lot out of your body. Um, if it's your only race of the day or only race of the, the weekend, great. But it is like a wear on, yeah. on the body. It's, yeah, it's definitely like, especially when you factor in you're going to be on a 200-meter like banked track. Like that's it, – it's, it's a lot on the body for sure. I never actually did a – like I've never done a 5K indoors, so I can't really speak to what it feels like indoors. But I've done it outdoors, and even outdoors it's like – like whoa it's kind of a shock to the system because you're still going fast enough where yeah. it's like it almost feels like a sprint at points but you know and especially if you're coming off you know something big like this but i mean she seems to have everything rolling right now and i'm you know 
I hope she does something really special because that'd be cool to witness. Yeah. If anyone can do it at this point, it's Sofia Rodriguez, Um, Mm -hmm. the the pride of Dallas Town, Pennsylvania. Although I'd be curious to know if anyone in Dallas Town is like even aware that she's like this this phenom. They Um, should be. They should be. I think one of her her videos from like when she ran like a 456 mile has like over a million views. Right. Yeah. but like track and field's a bubble, right? And and Pennsylvania is 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 a football hotbed. Like you know, most things in Pennsylvania high schools, you know, go to the football, uh, you know, the football expo, like football exposure, basketball exposure, all this stuff. You know, the track and field stars don't necessarily always get the same support. So I'm just, you know, I, I it's almost better, I think, in a way, for her not yeah. to have that because she can slide by and just do all these incredible things and still, you know. Just live her life, really, basically. Uh, yeah. But if she keeps doing these things, I think things are going to get a lot different for her. Um, but that that ends the show conversation. We got Adidas Track Nationals coming up in Virginia this weekend. Uh, ladies, anything else you're looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Guys, I have to say, obviously, Adidas is going to be the biggest uh, sports event of the weekend. We do have March Madness. Are you guys uh... March Madness fans? <laughs> I'm a huge March right. Madness fan. Not really, fan. no. I'm a huge fan. In my <laughs> earlier life when I was a hooper, yes, and I followed Duke, yes, but oh, Duke. I have completely fallen out of favor with college basketball, so I will not be watching in case, In case you guys didn't know, I'm repping them today. My alma mater, UNC Asheville, made the tournament. They made the tournament. They're a 15 <laughs> seed, and they're playing uh, number two UCLA on Thursday, so cheer for the Bulldogs. Well, maybe maybe we'll get an upset here. Maybe we'll get a maybe. March Madness moment. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll see all y'all ladies soon enough. Uh, This has been On the Line. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. See ya.